All right, let's get to it. Wow. Was any of us really prepared to get multi-fucked by the Multiverse of Madness? I don't know. I know I wasn't, and I don't know if Vinny was too. Anyway, uh, Vinny's not with us tonight because t- at the time of this recording, it's his birthday. Yeah, happy birthday, Vin. Wish you could be here. Uh, shit happens, you know. Go have a day off from this podcast, you know. Enjoy yourself. Be with your family. But I am being joined by my good buddy and returning guest, my good friend, Mr. Joseph Stans. How you doing, Joe? Yes, who's back? Back, back again. again. <laughs> What's up, Zikakis? How you doing? How was your uh, drive home from work today? Ah, I told you about that. It was fucking <laughs> terrible. Uh, I won't get to that story because we don't have time. Uh, if you know me, ask me about it and I'll tell you about it. Anyway, if you know me personally, that is. Anyway, uh, we are going to be doing... <laughs> Uh, if we are going to be doing uh, a multiverse of madness spoiler review, so this is your opportunity now to get out. If you have not seen Multiverse of Madness, uh, if you have, come back to the episode and then catch up on the following episode we do next week. If you have not seen it, this is your warning. We're putting it in the title. We're putting it in all the posts. This is a spoiler warning. Three, two, one. You've been warned. Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness was fucking insane. We'll get all into that in a little bit. We have rumors about the Fantastic Four and about casting as to who Mr. Fantastic and Mrs. Fantastic and Invisible Woman Sue Storm will be. Uh, Both of these particular actors could be starring and directing in the movie. That's very interesting. And we have rumors about more Scarlet Witch projects and... Uh, Patrick Stewart returning as Professor Charles Xavier, not just for Multiverse of Madness. So let's get this out of the way, Joe. All right, so Multiverse of Madness, where do you rate it on a scale of 1 to 10? Let's get that out of the way first. So it's interesting because there's some things that I was happy to see, and there were some things that I was kind of like, eh, could have gone farther with that. Like um, when I was on the podcast last, like I was kind of worried about it being in nostalgia fest, you know, just seeing a bunch of fucking people from next Sony and Fox movies and whatever else. And it wasn't that it was very self-contained and I was really appreciative that they kind of, you know, held back a little bit, but they kind of held back a little too much. I, I feel like, you know, the magic and all that other stuff, they could have done a little more. They could have gone to a li- some more uh, dimensions or whatever, you know, they could have, I don't know. They, they could have been a little more out of the box, but man, Sam Raby come back and direct more movies. Cause goddamn. That Scarlet Witch, just the way the entire movie went, but Scarlet Witch in particular looks scary as fuck. And it was so cool to see, like, you know, actual horror elements. You kind of got bits and pieces of that, but this entire movie had sprinkles of that all over the place. So uh, I'd probably give it, like, a solid, I don't know, 7, 9 out of 10. I'm kind of in the in the same realm as you, where like I kind of give it like a seven or eight out of ten. Um, a lot of people love it to the point where there's like, yo, nine out of ten, ten out of ten. Some people even think like it's their new favorite. And you know yeah, what? If you love, yeah, if yeah, that could be recency bias too. One buddy of mine gave it like a nine out of ten. And you know what? If you loved it that much, and if it's your new favorite, like you know, that's cool. You know, that's very much like okay. You know, and there's only a handful of Marvel movies for me that have been like a recency bias. Like, oh, that might be the best one. And like a few of them were like Captain America Civil War. Um, Fuck you. <laughs> that was a great movie. It was my goddamn favorite. Don't talk shit about it. No, 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 no. I, I, and that probably was my favorite at one point. And <laughs> mainly because, you know, bringing Tom Holland and Spider Man. Um, 
And then, you know, Infinity War was a contender for a favorite, and Endgame was a contender for a favorite. You know, like, I always kind of, like, flip-flopped, you know? And, like, if I had to, like, Panther really... was a big one for a lot of people. What's that? Black Panther was a big one for a lot of people. Yeah, Black Panther, too. Yeah. Uh, well, Black Panther as well, I should say, not the second Black Panther movie. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, there's, there's, you know, whatever your favorite is, you know, you're entitled to your opinion of what you, what you liked about it, what you didn't like about it. But, like... The one for me that, like, even though a recency bias was there, like, it still is. Like, No Way Home is my favorite Marvel movie, superhero movie, MCU movie, like, Spider-Man movie ever. It's my favorite. But, like, but this one's up there, man. Like, I really, like like you, I really enjoyed the horror-esque elements they did. Like, a lot of people are saying, and, and I agree. I, I said this to Vinny when we got out of the theater. I said, they really let Sam Raimi be Sam Raimi. Like, if, you, if you're a horror fan and if you like the, like, the Evil Dead movies, like... Sam Raimi is like a huge horror guy. I know like a lot of people would think he's most famous for like doing the Spider the Toby Spider-Man movies and he is. But, you know, like one of the things that like introduced me to like him being a horror movie director, like look at the scene when they're trying to get the arms off of Doc Ock in Spider-Man 2. Like that's horror movie-esque. When I saw that in the theater as a kid, that scared the shit out of me. It damn near gave me nightmares. That's how scary it was for like, you know, for a kid. Like as an adult, you're just like, "Ah, it's, it's not not a big deal." But as a kid, you know, kids are seeing this fucking movie. Um, and they did that with Wanda, you know, they did like, we're, we're and also, you know, we're kind of going to be jumping all over the place. We're not going to be talking about like bit for bit for bit. So we're just going to talk about stuff we really liked. And if we miss something you liked, let us know on Instagram and Twitter at fan speculation and on fan speculation underscore pod. That is Twitter and Instagram in that order. <laughs> Early plugs for the pod. Um, like, yeah, let, let's talk about Wanda real quickly. The Scarlet Witch. Um, were you shocked when they just started to go like balls deep of like, Oh wow, she's she's the villain this early in the movie. Absolutely not. I, I'm actually really happy that they didn't, you know, like honey deck us, you know, because mm-hmm. we all knew that she was gonna be the villain. I mean, let's be yeah. honest, it was just bound to happen, especially if you watch Wandavision, you know. So I'm glad they just kind of got rid of that early, you know. I think it, that happened within like what the first 20 minutes of the movie or something. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, that, and I don't think you could have done that movie justice if they did wait. You know, because they really needed to build her up as, because we all know she how she powerful she is, but we never really knew how fucking menacing she was. I mean, some of the deaths in this movie, and I gotta say, they finally gave PG thirteen some balls because the rating system meant nothing for a while. PG thirteen is like, oh yeah, you can say shit every once in a while, you know, and that's considered PG thirteen. But no, mm-hmm. this movie was fucking violent. I mean, that that one death where I forgot his name, the guy with the fork on his head who can kill kill people with his voice where she killed him because she took away his mouth so when he tried to scream internally it just encaved his skull yeah black god damn that was that was that was insane like that's what twinged my seat like ooh, my balls receded into myself that was mm, juicy (laughs) yeah man that that's the other thing is like the other part of like sam raimi being sam raimi like you know it kind of started out slow as far as like the blood and the gore in this movie, and and again, this is an MCU movie. It's not like gonna be super gory and bloody, but for an MCU movie, it is super gory and bloody. Like when they killed like the one eyed tentacle monster, which everyone was said was gonna be the creature Gargantos. We never really got a name for him, but um, but when you know they they used the the lamp post as like you know using the magic, kind of an MCU way to stop a, a big monster. But you know there was a 
quite a bit of blood coming out of that creature's eye, uh, eye, eye hole. I'm like, oh shit. But then you he see the fucking light pole through his sock, his eye socket. I mean, it's, it's about as CG gory as you can get. Yeah, but th- but that's my thing is like even if yeah. like this was any other movie and it wasn't Sam Raimi doing it, it was really gonna be like ah oh, you know it's like they'll stop it or they, what they actually what you'd probably see is like you'd probably see the lamppost like you'd see the hero using it and stab through the monster and not really get much of anything out of it. And even if you do see the monster falling down, you're not going to see a lot of blood like we did. So that was... Cut to, like, the character and then just the green blood splattering on their face because it has to be not not red. Yeah, (laughs) and and it was red for this creature in particular. Yeah. Um, So, you know, and then we we cut to... We we see Doctor Strange talking to America Chavez, and, like, you know, we find out that dreams are a way for uh, different variants of each other... uh, tapping into other universes and that was a really cool way like when the beginning of the movie it just starts off really fast like holy shit we're already meeting defender strange one of the many one of the doctor strange variants we had seen the trailers and the tv spots helping america chavez and even defender strange was just like trying to kill america chavez for the greater betterment of the multiverse and we we kind of got some callbacks to spider-man no way home when she's like you're killing me it's like i know and i'm sorry but in the grander scheme a scale of the multiverse your sacrifice means instantly better than, and then the fucking mo- the giant monster like just stabs Strange, Defender Strange, and he, and Defender Strange fucking dies, which I had figured he was gonna die in the movie anyway. Um, I didn't think we were gonna get as many Doctor Strange variant interactions as nearly as we did with Spider Man No Way Home. Um, but but we learned that dreaming is a way to tap into other variants' minds. So we saw that there. America Chavez needs protection. Doctor Strange brings and Wong bring her to Comertage, and then that's where we go. We circle back to Wanda here, where you know she has a dream where she sees her kids. So um, Strange goes to her in the flower garden and talks, and she's like, "I'm sorry about Westview." He's like, "Look, Wanda, I I know what you were hurting, or blah blah blah, but I'm not here to talk about Westview. And what is it?" And then he says he meets a girl that's been able to travel the multiverse. What do you know about it? And she's like, "Well, Viz had his theories. He believed it was real, but it was also dangerous." He's like, "Well, he was right." And he's like, you know, we're having pretty much Doctor Strange tells the villain in the first 15, 20 minutes of the movie where this kid is. And what and I also knew once Wong pointed out like, oh, this is witchcraft. I'm like, it's Wanda. Like Wanda is sending these creatures. And then um, she gives herself up and like, well, why don't you let America come here? And then like it, within like two minutes, Wanda's like, fuck, I, you didn't tell me her name, did you? She was like, no, I did not. Oh, well, might as well. And then just shows that everything was a fucking ruse. Like, whoa. And that is something I really appreciated. Like, you said just a few minutes ago, Marvel would usually kind of drag some things out as far as, like, an unsuspecting villain if there was no clear-cut villain. But with this, they really, they didn't wait at all. Like, first 20 minutes movie, no. You all suspected Wanda was the villain, and she is. And that's something I really appreciated about that. Oh, yeah. Instant, pretty much instant murder boner, and I and I will say, <laughs> going to, going back to the uh, the dreams being you know vi- visions of alternate realities, I think that was a really cool way to do it as well. But I will, I do have to call out Marvel for this. Shark Boy and Lava Girl did it first, okay? The whole dream world, they did it first, and I'd like to think that George Lopez is official MCU canon. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wouldn't mind if George Lopez actually got into the MCU as some kind of character. I wouldn't giant mind it at all. What would you say? With his giant zoomed-in face with that, with that <laughs> fucking creature that he was in. Jesus. Uh, underrated. You want to talk about Nightmare Fuel. Underrated movie, by the way, Sharkboy and Lava Girl. Very good movie. 
<laughs> I love that. I love that movie growing up as kid as a kid. Um, but yeah, um, I I really enjoyed that concept as well. Um, and then you know you see Carmitage preparing to fight Wanda, and Wanda just fucking she uses her magic and manipulates people. She's willing to kill innocent lives. For the to just to try and reach a reality where she gets to her kids, and we learn that a part of it is the dark hold corrupting her, but it's also her drive to want her kids again. And we learn about another thing called dream walking, where you can take your consciousness and use magic in the dark hold to find another alternate reality of yourself, another you from another universe, and put your consciousness inside of there. And become that person, become that variant of yourself, which we did see Wanda do, and she ended up doing and got to her kids. Um, now, I felt like they probably could have saved Billy and Tommy Maximoff coming back for the movie, for the movie. Um, but I think maybe for like WandaVision fans, because WandaVision was such a huge show that they wanted to like, hey, you know, they are here. But even still, I, I think with the, like a lot of the cameo, with the, the TV spots... I think in Spider-Man No Way Home's case, it worked better for them not revealing so much, whereas I think for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, they could have waited to like reveal Captain Carter. They could have waited to really hone in on the Patrick Stewart thing, which we all knew Patrick Stewart was in the movie. He was at the premiere. He confirmed it himself, but I feel like we could have waited for some of these things. Um, what did you think uh, about the, the lack... I mean... I was saying we we have a friend of ours who we who isn't really like paying attention to everything going on in the MCU like you and I are currently. I would say that they did a pretty good job getting the gist of WandaVision, wouldn't you say? Uh yeah, probably. Um it it does kind of make sense that they didn't go too far as far as like you know bringing back Quicksilver and things like that because at the end of the day all Wanda really cares about is her kids so mm-hmm. I'd much rather them focus on one you know one storyline rather than bring in a bunch and try and juggle all that together alongside all the other multiversal bullshit so you know I, I am kind of glad they did that but this was you know the pacing of the movie was a bit weird this is much more of a movie where you remember a lot of really good scenes. But the whole movie from start to finish as a three-act thing is a bit of a mess. So, you know, as long as you can kind of get around that, it is what it is. I kind of have to agree because I feel like, and I keep giving comparisons to No Way Home because it's the last Marvel movie we saw, and it's the most multiversal movie we saw, too. I feel like Spider-Man No Way Home was more of a multiversal movie than the multiverse of madness, you know? Um, Even though, like... I, and I could get past the kind of the pacing of it did kind of feel really fast in, in some parts and kind of slow in others where like some things could have breathed a little better. I don't think the movie is perfect, but I think it's a really, really groundbreaking thing for Marvel in a sense where like they're willing to try new things to try and bring in other people. You know, we have this and, and then Moon Knight with the dark stuff that they've gone there. You know, and then you have a project like Miss Marvel, where it's more geared towards younger kids and teenagers. Um, so I really appreciate the things that Marvel are trying to do to expand their audience. Uh, yeah, but let's really ca- quick, uh, just really quick. I mean, besides Marvel, credit to Disney. I mean, this is oh, fucking yeah. Disney making this movie, and yeah. got like it's so close to being an R rating. Like there are some parts where they had to replace blood with like oil in the case of like the Ultron bots. Mm-hmm. That you know, so Wanda uh, Wanda was kind of walking around with a bunch of oil on her face that looked like blood. Like they were just barely teetering that line from PG to thirteen to R, and I'm like, oh, 
Mickey Mouse made this. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm glad that they're kind of growing up with their audience a little bit because, I mean, let's be honest, Iron Man 1 was like, what, fi- almost 15 years ago? So there's probably a lot of like kids. Yeah. yeah, there's probably a lot of kids that grew up with this stuff. So they're probably yeah. doing the whole, you know, hey, you know, we can still make more, a little more kid-friendly stuff, but we have to give some stuff to the adults too because, you know, they're the ones who are growing up with this from day one. So, you know, credit to Disney. Yeah, I mean, you and me both, you know, we're on the same age and like we were like, I remember I was like, I think it was in eighth grade when the first Iron Man came out. So I've been watching this stuff ever since I was like 13, 14 years old. It's been a very long time. Um, credit to Disney there. Uh, let, let's get into some of the stuff, like the really big moments. Like, you know, we saw the whole thing with America Chavez and her multiversal traveling. We learned that she can't really travel the multiverse and hone into her powers unless she is, you know, she gets scared. So they, uh, Strange and America Chavez go to a universe where, like, everything is really different, you know? Like, you know, it's a, it's like a big utopia type of thing, and everything's really beautiful in Manhattan. And Strange goes on green, where it turns out in that universe, you go on red. And America Chavez is just like, first rule of multiversal travel, you don't know anything. And then he looks for her, and then she's like, well, number two, like, gotta eat. It's like, how'd you pay for that? Oh, most most food is food is free in other universes. You didn't know that. It's very weird in, in your universe that they do that. And then you see Bruce Campbell cameo comes up like, "Hey, you gotta pay for that." And it's like pizza balls. He's like pizza papas. And I'll get this out of the way real quickly. And some people may like hate me for this, but I I think a lot of people disagree uh, will agree with me. The second after credit scene. Of this movie was fucking horrible. was horrible. <laughs> what a wake of waste of time. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ! Like here, and, and I I was saying this to my girlfriend the other day. Compare these two after credit scenes, all right? Spider Man Homecoming with with Captain America and him kind of, and him like pulling the chair. Pretty much him the message saying like you know you kind of you wait around for stuff you wait around for stuff when you might not be really worth it in the end. And now think about Spider-Man No Way Home. It was not a groundbreaking movie. It was not a movie that's going to launch the next how many like Big Bad or new movies or whatever have you. It's just a way to introduce Tom Holland into his first solo movie into the MCU, and that's fine. I remember watching that. I was just like, ah, ha, ha, okay, that's kind of funny. I can appreciate that. I don't mind that I waited for the credits to see that. This one, though, what the fuck? Like, it, you, it, you put the title as Multiverse of Madness. We're expecting other cameos. Like, seriously, I was expecting a Deadpool cameo at the end of the movie, the, for the second after credit scene. Yeah, it's funny because that after credit scene seems like it belonged in a Deadpool movie. <laughs> I mean, this is basically just Deadpool coming out with the, um, with the uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off thing where, what yeah. are you doing here? Go home. <laughs> and that makes sense in Deadpool because it's fucking Deadpool. Yeah. This is multiverse of man. You're supposed to introduce Deadpool. Dude, Deadpool. You're supposed to do all this, this other stuff. This like, would have been God, the, this would have been doing? the perfect way to introduce him because you don't need a whole lot of explanation. People know Deadpool's already a, a fourth wall breaking kind of character, and he can kind of kind of come in, just fuck around, and be like, "Hey, um, I kind of like what's going on over here, so I'm gonna hang out. I'm gonna bring some friends." And just do some bullshit like that. I don't know. Hell, yeah. I seriously thought at one point, like the events of Deadpool two, when he was using Cable's time travel shit to go back in time and fuck around, like you know, I thought that was going to have implications in the multiverse as well, but not really. Um, before we get into oh, like big parts, um, would you? Uh, one thing that kind of turned people off from the movie 
was that it didn't have bigger multiversal uh, implications. Would you say for you, Joe, does that really ruin the movie for you, or did you you still thoroughly enjoyed what you saw, even though like we didn't see a whole lot of multi uh, universes colliding? So, I wouldn't say it necessarily ruined the movie, but it does leave you wanting more. And usually that's good for a movie, but at the same time, there is there does seem to be some wasted motion. So when you're going to introduce John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic or, you know, uh, Professor X, you know, the X-Men and, and all these other people, like you introduce two of the some of the biggest factions in Marvel Comics and they die in like five minutes. Like, I get it. This is kind of like a Triple H thing where, you know, you feed all the guys to, you know, the big bad to make them seem really big and just just for the whoever it is to um, beat them, make them feel that much stronger because you know how strong they are. I get that. You kind of needed that moment for Wanda. But God damn, you, you really? <laughs> you couldn't think of anything else to do with these guys that you're now introducing to your MCU that have all this weight behind them? See, with me, oh, it's frustrating. Well, for me, I didn't really mind the whole, like, I I didn't, I was a little bummed that we didn't get more multiversal travel, that we didn't get a whole lot of multi, multiverses and universes colliding, rather. Um, but I didn't mind the stuff with the Illuminati just being fucking Wanda killing them. I, I didn't mind it because, again, it's, and great uh, great wrestling reference, by the way, for those those people who are wrestling fans. Um I didn't mind it because the one thing I kept coming back to was, well, this isn't our main MCU. This is uh, the universe of, I think they said 813, and then ours is 616. So it's not our main MCU timeline, but it really does show. It's like, okay, well, if there's a Charles Xavier in this universe, and if there's a a, a Mr. Fantastic, Fantastic Four, in this universe then there's got to be a, a Charles Xavier and a Fantastic Four in our main MCU, whether the Mutant X gene has always been there, they've been hiding, or the Mutant X gene hasn't been unlocked yet, or the, the events of the Fantastic Four haven't happened yet. You know, I still think that's fine because we have stuff that can happen. Um, real quickly, I do want to talk about the Illuminati. We did mention a little bit about how Wanda comes in and, you know, Mordo, <laughs> he introduces... Mr. Fantastic as the smartest man alive, Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic of the Fantastic Four. And I also love the little reference of Doctor Strange going, didn't you guys chart in the 60s? Because that's when they were really big. <laughs> the comics in the 60s. Um, <laughs> I do want to say, smartest man alive, he pretty much told Wanda how to stop Black Bolt. Yeah, it's <laughs> a bit of an o oversight on his part, but damn, I mean, seeing him actually in action with Mr. Fantastic... Please come back. Yeah, <laughs> he, I really. He, he just feels to fit the role so well. Let well, let's get into that real quickly. The latest rumors, uh, rumors and reports going around as you and I are watching a video from the Cosmic Wonder that John because the, the all the reports were going around saying that, like John Krasinski was cast as Mister Fantastic in the Multiverse of Madness, but there was no report as to whether or not he was going to be the, the MCU's main Mr. Fantastic. Those of you who have watched Spider-Man No Way Home and Loki, and I guess Doctor Strange can fall into this too, it, well, it will fall into this, that variants where it's introduced in Loki, they don't have to look exactly like each other. Whereas Doctor Strange, you saw people like the different Doctor Strange variants, 
they all look like Benedict Cumberbatch because they're all played with Benedict Cumberbatch. Whereas Spider-Man No Way Home, you got three different versions of Spider-Man, Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire, and Tom Holland. And then the Loki show, you know, some people look like Loki and others didn't look like Loki at all. So it's a lot of different things that can happen. I would like to think that given that John Krasinski has wanted to play this role, they allowed him to play this role for this movie, and he did a great job for the time he was given, I don't see why you can't do that. The other thing is, with John Watts recently leaving, the rumors are that he will come in and possibly direct. Now, the other thing is that we may also have our Sue Storm, our Mrs. Fantastic, and that is Bryce Dallas Howard. You might recall who Bryce Dallas Howard is from uh, the Jurassic World movies. She is the main, I guess, love interest of Chris Pratt's character. I don't remember what her character is in that movie, but she is also a very critically acclaimed director, having directed uh, a few episodes of The Mandalorian and an episode of The Book of Boba Fett, and she is incredible at what she does. Now, that being said, she also not only could be possibly playing Sue Storm, the Invisible Woman, but she could possibly direct too. Now, Joe, I've never seen A Quiet Place Part 1 and 2, so I really don't know John Krasinski's directing style. But just knowing and seeing the work that Bryce Dallas Howard has done with just the Star Wars stuff alone, she's a huge Star Wars fan too, I would want her to direct this movie. Yeah, and as far as The Quiet Place, I mean, I could have sworn that was like, Key or Peel directing that too. So no, I, I that's could be wrong. That, I have to fact check. No, it's Krasinski. I, I, I think mm-hmm. Vinny and I talked about it last week and I looked it up. It is Krasinski who directed both oh. those movies. Okay, because I know Key and Peel did, directed some sort of horror movie and I thought it was that, but I guess not. Oh, you I, know what? That was. um. It's oh, they, it's Jordan Peele. He did. Uh, yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? He did Get Out, uh, This Get Is out. Us, yes, and cool. then he's got a new movie coming out called Nope. Okay, so yeah, I was thinking of the wrong movie. But yeah, you know, at, at this point, Marvel can do whatever it wants. I trust them. And, you know, it, it, they have a smart structure where it almost doesn't matter really who's directing it because you have Kevin Feige as kind of like the overseer, you know? <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, and, you know, it, I haven't seen those episodes of Mandalorian or Boba Fett. So, you know, I'll take your word for it. I also haven't seen Quiet Place. So, you know, if they're good, they're good, fine. But, you know, again, I, I have full faith in them. I really don't care who directs it, as long as it's coming. Yeah, I can't talk about A Quiet Place either because I'm not a big of a horror movie guy, but just seeing the work that Bryce Dallas Howard has done, which also, this is Ron Howard's daughter, by the way, if you didn't know. Um, she is a very good director, and she's passionate about what she does. Uh, and just seeing some of the concept art with her as Sue Storm, the Invisible Woman, that would be really cool. A lot of people wanted Emily Blunt, Krasinski's real-life wife, to play uh, Miss, uh, Mrs. Fantastic, Sue Storm. Um but she, she, I remember when they were doing, uh, I think, press for A Quiet Place Part 2, I think it was, before COVID officially happened. People kept asking her about that. She's like, yeah, a lot of people are asking about that. And honestly, I'm getting annoyed by it. So I don't think we're going to get her <laughs> to come in as as Sue Storm. But Bryce Dallas Howard, John Krasinski would be good. I mean, we already got John Krasinski to come in in the MCU. I think that'd be very good. Real quickly, before we get back into our multiverse review, um, looks like we have our Mr. and Mrs. Fantastic. Um, if you could pick Joe, who would you pick to play uh, the Human Torch and the Thing? Anything but Seth Rogen for the Thing. I yeah. don't care what <laughs> you do. Do not bring that fucking. I I have to censor myself. Stop it. <laughs> Believe me, dude. I I don't like that uh, choice either. But hopefully, those rumors were just rumors a while back, and that they don't do. Seth Rogen is the thing. Uh, I have been sing, I have been singing this guy's particular praises for a very long time, and I think 
he would do a great job just because, but I don't know because he's involved with DC. But I think John Cena would be an excellent choice for the thing. You don't have to put CGI, just paint them orange. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, mean, like it anyway. I mean, that's what I think. I, I, I just think because Cena also has some really great comedic timing and the thing has been able to have some comedic timing as well. I just think he'd be really good at that. And I know the Cosmic Wonder, you're we watching his video, he thinks that Zac Efron would be a good choice for Johnny Storm. I think he probably could be a good choice, but personally, I think he's a little too old. I would personally pick uh, Dacre Montgomery. He played the Red Power Ranger in the in the latest movie a few years back, and he also plays the uh, the character Billy on Stranger Things. He's like in his mid to late twenties, so I think he'd be a really good choice to play Johnny Storm. Good looking kid. I'll say this: I I don't mind the Zac Efron thing only because I know he's actually quite funny. I've seen him in a, in some funny movies. Oh, and, no, he's uh, great. He surprised me. Yeah, like I always known him as the high school musical guy. So whenever I saw him in, in movies, I'm just like, oh, here we go again. But no, he was like, I actually enjoyed him. He has a really good personality. So I think he would fit personality wise the Human Torch. But you know, just make them cool. I I will say this though, whoever it is that plays Wonder um, Wonder Woman, um, Invisible mm-hmm. Woman, mm-hmm. Um, please make her cool because honestly, like she has probably <laughs> the coolest powers out of all of them. Yeah, and she's just like, she's just so boring. <laughs> Please, whatever you do, make her entertaining. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I I think Marvel will do a great job to utilize every character in that group to make them shine. Um, but yeah, those are the rumors going on with uh, with the Fantastic Four. Um, we should talk a little bit about a little more about the Illuminati scene. Um, I would say the most brutal death for me. I mean, we talked about it, Black Bolt, and then you know. Fucking another thing just to show how menacing Wanda was for that Illuminati scene when she asked, Do you, uh, when, when Mr. Fantastic said, You like, I have children of my own, I know how you feel. And she asked, Is their mother still alive? And he says, Yes, good. There'll be someone left around to take care of them once you're gone. To that effect of what she said. At least there's someone, there's still someone there to raise them, I think she said. Oh yeah, and um, when she killed Doctor Ex- uh, Professor X, I mean that looked like straight out of like The Exorcist or Dude, The Conjuring or something like that. That just, scared like, me. Appears and then just turns around and just up oh, your neck's broken. Snaps his fucking neck. I will say though, let's give some shine to Patrick Stewart, Charles oh, Xavier. Let dude, that when he came in, and then the X. Uh, I mean, I the X-Men 97 theme came in in the score. I'm like, Oh, I gotta say three quarters chub. <laughs> I was, and, and he's in like the yellow hover chair. He's in the green suit. Like this is just, it was so cool to see that he's like really just, it was just really cool to see him there, you know? And, and let's just go. And the other members of Illuminati, you know, Mordo came in after their Dr. Strange had died. We'll get to their Dr. Strange in a second. Uh, Captain Marvel now, who is Maria Rambeau, Carol Danvers, best friend. I guess she becomes Captain Marvel in their universe instead of, um, Carol Danvers, uh, Peggy Carter, uh, Captain Carter, the first Avenger. Um, I will say the Illuminati looked like fucking arrogant assholes in this movie. Yeah, they did. They were a little judgmental, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. You can kind of understand it, too, because they're in a world where they understand the implications on the multiverse. So it's like, yeah, you'd probably act like that if we knew all this shit that happened, you know? Um, I will say, Mordo, 
God, they did you dirty, buddy. <laughs> I mean, you, he, literally his last scene was being left alone in a ditch without his powers in the in a thing where he could probably just jump up. Like, Doctor Strange literally got up by himself with no powers. And Mordo yeah. was just like, oh, you, d- darn you, Doctor Strongy. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, man. I was like, I was really looking forward to seeing what they were going to do with Mordo, you know, because it's like now he's Master Mordo. He's the Sorcerer Supreme of that universe. Um, but I will say it was pretty cool that they added a character like Black Bolt into the Illuminati. Like with taking Mordo out of the Illuminati we met, they did keep three of the original six members being Doctor Strange, Black Bolt, and Charles Xavier. Um, we learned that in this universe that uh, a statue was erect- erected to Doctor Strange saying that he died fighting Thanos. We learn from the Illuminati that Doctor Strange was going around and was corrupted by the Darkhold and he used it to destroy another universe and he was going around it just implica- he knew that he was going to be corrupted and that he would end up destroying more universes if he wasn't careful. So we could even see before Black Bolt came and said I'm sorry and then his voice just disintegrated Doctor there Doctor Strange. If you notice Joe like his fingertips were becoming black. Right, just like Wanda's. Just like Wanda's, just like Agatha's. Like, that shows the dark magic that's being overtaken for him. And, Rich, really, if you think about it, that is a very heroic thing for a Doctor Strange to do. You know, like, to, like, I know I'm going to, I do not want to be tempted anymore. Like, you have to kill me. So, it's a very heroic thing for him to do, which a Doctor Strange may be, may be somewhat uncharacteristic about them. Yeah, and there's a cool little tie-in, too. Like, you know, this sounds very similar to something, and I'm going to allow you one single guess as to what that sounds like. Doctor Strange being corrupted by the uh, um, Black Book and using it to fight evil, but then, yep, but then wind up, you know, being bad himself. What does that remind you of? Dude, I've had a very fucking long day, so... That's okay, that's no problem. Um, On another day, I, I probably would get it, but why don't you go ahead? So recently, our good pal CJ is now has now been blessed ah, by the gods, and he is now capable of actually running a nerd podcast because he's actually seen Lord of the Rings. Yes, and I've and said this I've is, seen Lord of the it Rings. It sounds exactly like how the One Ring corrupts people. You know, so if this is basically what would happen if Boromir had the ring in the first movie, mm-hmm. he would use it, fight evil, and wind up becoming corrupted himself. This is exactly what's going on and that was i just thought that was pretty cool that is a pretty cool reference too only difference is like no one really said kill me because this is going to take me over in lord of the rings i mean frodo gave into it and he only stopped because smeagol bit his fucking finger off yeah that's fair but you know (laughs) it was was an interesting thing but um yeah I, i will say this the black book thing kind of confused me a little bit the fact that there were so many black books and there were for something so powerful they seem to get destroyed pretty easily yeah and then we'll, we'll, no it's okay we'll, we'll kind of get into the other things and we learned that the book of ashanti apparently is the book to give a sorcerer whatever they need to defeat those and the dark hold whatever and i will say that the because i want to get back to the illuminati thing as far as the most brutal deaths I think like the top brutal deaths were for sure like like Black Bolt, Captain Carter getting sliced open with her own shield, and then fucking Charles Xavier 
getting his neck snapped inside of Wanda's mind. Yeah. <laughs> She's a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I didn't realize, and I was watching a video today from the YouTube channel, that I didn't realize that Wanda was actually sucking the energy out of Captain Marvel, Maria, Rowe, Captain, Maria Rambeau, Captain Marvel, and that's why she wasn't able to like do anything when that statue fell on top of her. I was like, ah, oh, well, you know, that's kind of a shitty way. No, and then I realized that she, had, she yeah. doesn't have her powers. I'm like, oh, fuck, that, that actually makes it more brutal. Yep, so Wanda needs to be more powerful. <laughs> hey, man, they really established her really well as the OG-level bad guy. And I think they did a really good job with her. Um, the Book of Ashanti kind of fell flat. It's like, oh, well, I guess it's destroyed now. Um, and now, uh, you know... Wanda gets America Chavez, and she's trying to take her, and we get the stuff with her and Wong, and, you know, she's, the Darkhold is made for her, it's a throne, you know, we see all that shit there, we, um, you know, she really does not care, and even, like, once she left that Wanda's body, it's like, my boys, and went right to him, and Wong brought up a really good point of, like, even if you did, what about their mother, and she didn't give a fuck, she didn't fucking care, and one of the really cool lines she said earlier in the movie was, like, you... I made the ultimate sacrifice and it got me nothing, you know, sacrificing her sacrificing vision, like having to kill the one she loved more than anything only for Thanos to use the time stone and bring him back and kill him himself, you know, uh, sacrificing uh, uh, a life with her husband or husband and kids, even though it's wrong, what she's doing. Um, I thought that some of the really cool stuff they did, like when we get to, uh, strange and variant Christine Palmer when we go to that universe where it's really decaying and we see the sinister Doctor Strange. What were your thoughts when that's when uh, that moment came up? Um, the moment itself, you know, I, I kind of saw it coming because I figured Strange would kind of fight a version of himself, but the fight scene itself, I gotta say, is probably one of my favorite in Marvel. Just the thought of fighting with music is really and cool. just <laughs> like conjuring up the music notes and as he's attacking them with them they play the notes and then he brings back to him and they're basically fighting each other as an orchestra damn that's so cool like i would see that that moment right there i wish was the whole freaking movie because a lot of the magic that they used was kind of simplistic like even with wanda a lot of the times her spells were just kind of her throwing fireballs, or the 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 magic users from uh, Strange and the 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 Sanctum or whatever it's called, the, the fortress. They were just kind of using their little you know spherical shields and whatever else. Like it, it all seemed like stuff that we've seen before, but that was tr really fucking cool. Like if we got that the entire movie, this movie would that at that point, that movie would probably be a ten out of ten. Yeah, it was really cool seeing that, and we learned Best a little bit in the movie. Yeah, for sure. I loved it. Um, it's between that and the Illuminati uh, compound fight scenes were really, really cool. I think that, um, you know, we learned a little bit about Strange and uh, that he had a sister and that, you know, he's kind of the reason as to why she died. She died as a little girl falling through a, um, a, a, a pond frozen. And we see that this Doctor Strange, and we learn that this is Sinister Strange. He's his own Doctor Strange. He was not the Doctor Strange from the What If universe. So Benedict Cumberbatch was telling us the truth when he said he's not the same variant. Um, you know, he was being corrupted by the Darkhold, and he had a third eye. And we just saw, like, very similar. Like, you saw that that Strange was using purple magic 
very similar to how Agatha was using purple magic with a dark hold corrupting each person, you know, whether it be witch or sorcerer or whoever. The fight scene, like we said, was fucking awesome. And, you know, he's able to defeat Sinister Strange. And even though his his body comes out of the building and he gets stabbed by the, the, the top of that fence, the third eye opens. And again, very creepy, more horror-esque stuff. I'm like, ugh! Kinda, it kind of got me a yeah, Saruman too. Yeah, another Lord <laughs> of the Rings reference. <laughs> uh, man, Vinny would be very proud right now. <laughs> well, it's his birthday, so he should feel Yeah, proud. happy birthday, Vin. A lot of Lord of the Rings stuff on here. Anyway, uh, so, yeah, we we see that, but then we also see Strange, our Doctor Strange, using the Darkhold to try and find Wanda because he has no way to get back. America Chavez is in, their, is in his universe, and he can't use multiversal travel. So he has to daydream himself into his variant's dead body that they buried in New York. Like, and that was just so so cool, so creepy. I will say for as cool as that was and him fighting those souls of the damned and him getting over to that mountain, he didn't really do anything to fight Wanda when he got there. Yeah, and it kind of makes sense how he wouldn't because, in a way, that is kind of a nerfed version of himself because he is kind of controlling basically a zombie, you know, from yeah. another period. So if he if he can't beat her with him there, he probably wouldn't be able to beat her her uh, as a zombie even with all the souls of the damned and everything. But who cares? It looks so cool. <laughs> no, it was so awesome. I loved it so so much. Like, and when he came up to America's, like, it's me and other me's dead body and just like it was really cool and like it was really it was like you know he's trying to pep up uh, give a pep talk to America Chavez to say that you can beat her you get out smart or whatever I when he's like no America you, you know go kick that witch's ass when he's like got like you know fucking half his face missing and everything I just go to Joe I'm like when he says no America like that's a that's a fucking flirty on bath salts and meth yeah, I mean, it kind of looked like my next door neighbor, but you know, I, didn't <laughs> um, I was just like, because I know America. I'm just like, oh shit! And I just immediately I thought of Florida and fucking crackheads and fucking methheads. Um, I can't blame you. Yeah. So, I mean, America Chavez was a really cool character in this movie as well. I really liked her. Um, but even though she like went in and, like like punched Wanda, it's like, mm-hmm. she's like, mm-mm. But I really liked. I mean, I think you feel differently about this because we were messaging about this the other day. I liked how they outsmarted her rather than beating her because it makes sense that Wanda, they've they've established she's the most powerful being in the entire MCU. There really isn't any way you're going to be able to beat her. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm actually I'm really glad they did that. And when I when I say I had a problem with the ending, it was mostly the fact that Wanda just kind of crumbled the thing and oh, okay. died quote unquote, you know, not but the fight itself was cool. But the thing that bothered me was it was this typical movie trope and I can't even blame the movie because fucking every movie does it. But it's like, oh I don't know how to control my powers. Until I need to know how to control my powers. Very and now end. I know how to control my powers. Yeah, it's yeah <laughs> like, not only did she learn how to control them, she learned how to control them so well that she can go to the exact universe that she needed to to follow. Oh, look, here's the exact place where you need to see and have a change of heart. Yeah, like, it ha- yeah. it happens. But I really liked that scene where they take uh, Wanda, the Scarlet Witch, to that universe of the variant that she of her of that body she took over, and she showed like 
what Wong was telling her, like, your kids are not going to see you for, for your, your mother. They're going to see you, like, as a monster. And that's exactly what happened. The kids were scared. They're just like, like no, no, don't hurt us. Like, I'm not, I wouldn't hurt you. I'm your mother. And then she screamed at them. It's like, stop it. And, you know, get away from your, your our mom. Blah, blah. And they went over. Billy and Tommy went over to their mother, their Wanda Maximoff. And you just see Scarlet Witch just break down in tears. And she's crying. And just and, and in the trailer, when we saw the trailers, like, a lot of people thought, like, the Wanda standing up and holding the Scarlet Witch's face, you know, we thought maybe that's going to be like a vision or that's our good Wanda on the bottom and the evil Wanda up on top, which really it wasn't at all. It was the exact opposite. And, you know, her saying, you know, know that they will be loved, being like, like, you don't have to worry. Like, in every universe, as much as you love them, every other Wanda Maximoff loves them as much as you do because that's their that's their mother and that's their, their, those are their kids. And as for her crumpling the Darkhold uh, building on top of her, I don't think she's dead. I mean, rule number one in superhero movies when it comes to people, quote-unquote, dying, if you don't see a body, they ain't dead. Also, even when you do see a body, they bring them back somehow. So, that I mean, text in point, Gamora in fucking uh, Infinity War and Loki. Like, they're back in the MCU now, but it's their past versions of themselves. Yeah, especially when you're talking about pretty much the most powerful being in the MCU. I mean, come on now. Yeah, exactly. Um, I thought one of the funny parts is when Strange comes back in the Defend- Defender Strange's dead body, his dead corpse, and he turns around and you see Wong just go, I don't want to know. <laughs> I really got a good kick out of that. <laughs> Although um, I will say, man, the Sorcerer Supreme was really nerfed in this movie. <laughs> no matter who was the Sorcerer Supreme, we didn't really see him do a whole lot of yeah. Sorcerer Supreme stuff. Kind of wanted to see Wong kick some more ass. Not gonna lie. Yeah, and even the Sorcerer Supreme Doctor Strange we saw in the eight one three universe, and Mordo was a Sorcerer Supreme in that universe. It's like, hopefully at some point, like we'll see Doctor. Maybe I, I'm happy that Wong uh, stayed alive because really, when he said he was the Sorcerer Supreme in No Way Home, I'm like, okay, he's gonna die in, in multiverse. But I'm glad he didn't because I love Benedict Wong the actor and and Wong the character. Um, you know, and and. The part where Wanda was able to destroy every dark hole in every universe was kind of didn't make sense because she didn't have multiversal travel and she was getting America Chavez for that reason. But you know, is what it is, I guess. Um, the towards the like the end, you know, I really like, I enjoyed that she's a comrade now, America Chavez, and you know, trying to learn sorcery and you know the kind of thing with um, you know, it's like, hey, I'm glad I looked up the universe. Me too, kid. Me too. And then the ending where we see Doctor Strange walking down the street with, and then he goes like, ah, the third eye opens. So the the Dark Holds corrupted him. But as we see with the with the after credits scene, and for those of you who may be wondering who don't know what's going on, if you haven't seen videos on this character, I'll explain. And I didn't know myself. So the character in the first after credit scene is Clea. She becomes Doctor Strange's wife in the comics, and she's the Sorceress Supreme of the Dark Dimension. And she is the niece of Dormammu. Now, I know what you're going to say, because, oh, that big fucking guy is... Listen to me. Listen. In the comics, Dormammu, in the early comics, he wasn't as big as he was in Doctor Strange in the multiverse, uh, in the first Doctor Strange movie. She said that Strange caused an incursion. And you scared to come, and she opens like a portal to the dark dimension, and we see Strange's third eye open, 
but he opens it and he's wearing it proudly. Whereas, like, the Darkhold's no ra- no longer here, so it can't really corrupt him. So now he can kind of use these dark powers to his advantage. And a question that kept asking a lot to Stephen Strange in the movie was, are you happy? And I think I would say now, strangely enough, I would say Stephen Strange is happy following the events of Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, and, and I do like that um, he's continuing to kind of power up a little bit because one thing I was kind of worried about going into this movie is that he would just kind of do more mirror dimension stuff. And as cool as it is as it was in Doctor Strange one and in uh, No Way Home and all that, you know, you kind of want to see more because again, Doctor Strange, all the implications with the whole magic thing, you can do a whole lot with it. So they did go into that a little bit more in this movie and it seems like they're going to go into it even further in the next movie so you know keep giving him keep giving us reasons to see him power up more and more is is going to be a good thing regardless you know so i'm happy i saw all that and you know i kind of hope that they don't go with through the whole you know evil doctor strange thing i feel like that's kind of been put to bed already i would like a little bit of a time skip where it's like Oh yeah, I I pretty much conquered this thing, you know, or you know, do do it in some way that makes sense, obviously. But you know, let's just get the ball rolling here. I would think so too, and I think that's kind of why, like, although, like, that's why I said, like, you know, the Darkhold appeared to corrupt him a little bit, but maybe not corrupt, but really give him the powers that he needed, and now he can use those powers without the Darkhold corrupting him. And you know, it's um the the third eye is like a badge of honor rather than a curse, and I remember watching the Cosmic Wonder the other day, just how this kind of ties in with like event, not Avengers, but, uh, but the Secret Wars comic, where like this big multiversal event happens and different variants, of different characters all come together at once, and that's the thing that I'm thinking is going to happen when the multiverse really truly implodes. Even though Multiverse of Madness felt like that was going to happen with the title and the hype and everything. I feel like the next big Avengers movie is going to be that. And some of you may be thinking, oh, well, they're not going to do any more Avengers movies. They said they're they're done. I'm like, listen, dude, the Avengers is one of the biggest, at one point was the biggest box office in the world until they decided to re-release Avatar for some fucking reason. Um, It's the biggest box office draw. These movies are the biggest box office draw. You really don't think they're not going to do another Avengers movie at some point down the line? You're out of your mind. Yeah, and even with Endgame, they kind of ended with, oh, here, here's the new Avengers. I mean, they literally just set up another Avengers movie. Of course they're going to do something there. And like, yeah, you're probably right. That probably isn't going to be the time where shit hits the fan. Like, we don't know when it's going to be. I mean, Kevin Feige has the next set of 10 years of Marvel content set in stone, or or at least like when they want to put it out there. So there's plenty of time between now and then if they want to... Hell, it could be another 10 years before we see another Avengers movie. It could be. It could be another 5, 6, 7. I don't know. But they're really going to build to this. And this is like the, mul- the... This stage is like the multiverse stage of the MCU. You know? Like, they're really going to hammer home with this. Whereas before, it was the Infinity Saga. Um, real quickly, going back, you know, kind of go back to a couple characters we talked about a little while ago. We talked about Wanda Maximoff... Uh, <clears throat> Scarlet Witch. I almost said Sorcerer Supreme for some reason, but I know she's not. And Patrick St- Patrick Stewart, Charles Xavier. Now, there have been rumors and rumblings that uh, Elizabeth Olsen could be getting her own solo movie and project. Uh, 
Um, and Patrick Stewart recently talked about the uh, him being done as John Luke Picard, and because after this season of Picard is over, he's done playing the character. However, he did say himself that for Professor Charles Xavier, he's very much open to coming back for the role. Joe, how do you feel about these two little uh, stories based on these characters? Wait a minute. How can Scarlet Witch be rumored to have a movie if she's dead? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I, I, you, you know that. You know this um, since we, the beginning. I've been clamoring for more Scarlet Witch content. She's so fucking cool, and is. you know we we got a taste of it in WandaVision, and they did really well for the most part. But you know, you know, I wasn't a huge fan of the last couple of episodes, and she was obviously really cool in this movie. Please just give her as much screen time as possible because, goddamn, she's cool. <laughs> you know, um, as far as P- Professor Xavier goes, uh, again, this just kind of just goes to another thing where I really don't care who plays it as long as they do it. You know, I- I'm I'm happy that they're in the MCU and that I-, I trust them to do whatever they're going to do properly. But um, I-, I do kind of hope that it is a little sooner than rather than later. You know, because they they've been they've been teasing it. You know, they've been teasing it for a while now and. I'm starting to get a little tired of it. <laughs> I, I kind of want some concrete stuff now, especially now that they've kind of given us a little bit of a taste in this movie. I agree with you. Um, Scarlet Witch, I think now more than ever, is going to be a really, really popular character moving forward. Um, I think she's going to have like a popularity kind of like Loki did with the Avenger, with the first Avengers movie and Thor. Like he's going to be like really like like he's a villain but everybody loved him so much it's kind of different with Wanda she was a villain for the most part and realized she what she was doing was wrong in the end but she is a really popular character I think Elizabeth Olsen honestly she stole the movie for me she was the best part um and I think that they're gonna capitalize on her because in the beginning like Age of Ultron she was really honestly to me she was an afterthought but time moved on. She progressed in her acting. She progressed as the character. We saw this character development. And she became one of the coolest characters in the MCU and one of my favorite characters in the MCU going right now. Professor Charles Xavier, Patrick Stewart returning as him, I think would be really cool because I think it would be great a great way to bring people who were fans of those X-Men movies and kind of reintroduce the X-Men in a way. Um, I... I and for those people who may be thinking, well, well you got to bring back other characters too. Like, I don't necessarily think so. I think you can get away with just Patrick Stewart leading a new set of X Men and just kind of going from there. You know, there are enough nerds of us, like you and me and Vinny and Andreas, who've come on this podcast, who talk about this shit. That if an average fan doesn't understand, you can just give the thing of those were different universes. That's it. There's multiple different versions of yourself. Theoretically, theoretically, the multiverse kind of is real. You know, the scientists and other people have theorized that, you know, there's many different realities where like, you know, myself may not be doing this podcast. Maybe I'm a construction worker with Joe. Maybe there's a thing with you where, you know, I won't say maybe I'll give this not where you what you're doing and who you, who you are. But, you know, maybe you're not a Mets fan. You're a Yankee fan. I know. Terrible, right? Yeah, I'm going to have to kill that version of me. I'm going to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Joe's a Mets fan. I'm a Yankee fan, but we have fun with that. Anyway, this whole thing is kind of one big cheat code from for Marvel, right? I mean, at this point, they really literally do whatever they. Yeah, I mean, because like even with the Infinity Stones, you still had to get them here. You you basically have the Infinity Stones in your hand, and not only is the multiverse just existing 
a cheat code, but America Chavez now has the ability to, at will, just go to any dimension she wants. <laughs> I mean, this is literally, hey, anything is possible. Don't rule anything out. Yeah, and also to know that America Chavez, she is the only version of herself, and she is the only... There is no other America Chavez variant because she says to her, she says to Strange earlier in the movie that she doesn't dream, and therefore, no, if you don't dream, I guess you don't have variants. But um, I, that could be lazy writing, you may think. But I think she she comes from a dimension where like, I think there are no other versions of other characters. But anyway, that's a way to get her in there. I give props to because I don't think we talked about him, the character of America Chavez enough. I, Soshi Gomez, who plays her, I think was one of the, another really uh, considerable highlight for this movie. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, I kind of um, compare her to I'm forgetting her name from Hawkeye. The um, Kate Bishop. The, the Kate Bishop. Yeah, I kind of compare her to her where she's kind of you know she's kind of round eyed. She's kind of whatever the whatever the saying is. You know she she's kind of innocent. She's you know she's along for the ride, but she's very sweet and you know whatever. Um, she's a cool character. I, I will say I didn't know a whole lot about her before coming in, so I really had zero expectations. And the only thing I knew was that she can open up portals, and that was pretty much it. And I was like, how are they going to make that cool? I got to say, I really like the fact that all the portals she opens are, like, in the shape of stars. And even, like, when she hit the glass in the compound, it made a star thing. So, I, I just, for some reason, I thought that was a really cool effect. I like that a lot. I will say, I kind of wish they gave her a bit more backstory as to why she has these powers. Because I'm going to tie this into what if. So on what if there actually was a dimensional shifter, you know, in, in the show called the watcher, right? He was able to see all these different, um, uh, universes. There was only one of him. There was no other variants of the watcher. I kind of wish they did like almost an avatar cycle with Chavez, you know, some, I wish they went into the beginning of the movie. Something happens to the watcher where he dies and he gets reincarnated as America Chavez, and that's why she has these powers. She doesn't know how to use them, but in the back of her mind, she still kind of has that Watcher, you know, uh, soul kind of whatever in her that allows her to do these things. And in order for her to have that awakening, she would have to realize who she was. I really wish that that was kind of how they could tie the two together, and that would be a good explanation as to why she all of a sudden knew how to do her powers. But I don't think we're going to get that, but I thought that would have been really cool. That's a really cool theory, and I like it a lot. The only thing is, there are other Watchers in the comics. In fact, Watchers actually really? appeared in Guardians 2 when when uh, Rocket and Groot and Yondu were going through all those 700 jumps to get to Ego. And you see Stan Lee in space, those big bald guys, those are Watchers. But but I like that idea, you know, um, but I think it probably... I don't think Marvel's ready to pull the trigger on really really connecting the Disney Plus shows yet. I think they're just kind of slowly easing those who don't watch the shows in. Like the whole thing with the the, the somewhat catch up of WandaVision and getting Wanda's main reasoning for doing what she's doing it was fine and re- very good and, and really would get an average person who didn't watch WandaVision the gist of why she's doing what she's doing. With Chavez I think, they could, I think it could entirely be possible but I think they may want to wait for things to kind of pan out with the other Disney Plus shows and then, because I think eventually The Watcher will be a part of the the uh, the MCU films, I think for a big, big multiversal scale type of thing. But I would like to see that, though. That's a very good theory. Um, 
I guess kind of just wrapping some stuff up here. Um, I would I would assume what just run with me real quickly if you haven't if you haven't already. What would you say like your absolute favorite part? I guess you're you're gonna say is the music scene, right? That's that's my favorite fight scene, but I wouldn't say that's my favorite part of the movie. The favorite part is probably the whole you know as much as I th- wish that they had more screen time, her killing everybody in that scene, just the entire chase be- from beginning to end was just really fucking cool. Um, I think that was my favorite part of the movie. But yeah, definitely my favorite fight was the music scene, and then eventually leading into the damn the souls of the damned kind of turning into basically zombie strange's cloak or whatever like those are really cool but yeah i'd I'd say my favorite was wanda just fucking things up i would have to say my favorite like scene and fight scene was wanda like the whole illuminati thing part of the movie was really my favorite part of the movie and i think like the fight scene she had with the illuminati was was the best honestly this fight scene with sinister strange was awesome and innovative and i hope they do more stuff like that in the future with the doctor strange-esque type of stuff but uh, but yeah, this this movie really establishes Wanda as a big bad. Um, real quickly, where would you rank her as a villain of the MCU if you have to rank her from like one to five? I mean, I guess even though even with all the stuff that she's done, it is kind of hard to compare her to other villains, you know, like fucking Thanos and all them. But mm-hmm. as far as the like, just me personally enjoying them. Yeah, she's my favorite. Honestly, um, she's right behind. Uh, or she's right in front of uh, Thanos in that regard. Because I, I do think they kind of got away with, with Thanos a little bit in Endgame. I, I wish they kind of did him a little better. Um, so so far with Scarlet Witch, I know her her story is not done yet, but I really like the progression. And like you said, and when she was in Ultron, she was a little bit of an afterthought. But I think really starting from Civil War onward, she really you really saw them kind of placing the placing little clues here and there saying that yeah this she's good but she's kind of kind of crazy she's kind of selfish and in a way she kind of very much is a a grown child and you know in a lot of ways you know she's very selfish you know and you can you know it makes sense because of her upbringing right so uh yeah i i can't wait to see what happened that can obviously change depending on how they end her story because you know she's not dead um so yeah, I'd say she's probably my favorite. Although I still wouldn't technically consider her a full-on villain yet, even though I probably should after this movie. But <laughs> excuse yeah. me, excuse uh, me for that coughs a little bit. Um, but yeah, I I figured she'd probably be your favorite as far as like the upper echelon of like great MCU villains. Like she's up there. Like for the longest time, like my favorite villains, you know. Like Thanos, Loki, and and then and then Willem Dafoe's performance of the Green Goblin. Now that the that Green Goblin is MCU canon now, oh, I forgot that counts now. <laughs> yeah, it, it does, his his Goblin does count now because he he appeared yeah. in the MCU. Um, and I think my favorite villain probably is Dafoe's Goblin, but Scarlet Witch is right there. Like because you get like a lot of different like clarity with like Thanos and like Wanda with their motivations. It's like you know. In their mind, they're doing what they think is best, or they're doing things to like help heal themselves. You know what I mean? Like where Thanos, he really, truly, he's he really, truly thinks he's doing good. And Wanda, I don't think she really cares that she's doing good, but she's do. But you understand her motivation. Same thing with like Thanos. Whereas like a character like 
Defoe's Goblin, and you could throw Loki in here too, kind of just want to see the world burn. More Goblin than Loki, and yes, that's kind of a reference, that's a reference from Dark Knights and Michael Caine, as Alfred's saying that, but I really love characters where, like villains in particular, where they're just fucking crazy, and they just go balls to the walls nuts, and they just love causing chaos for the sake of chaos, and I feel like Wanda is very much in the middle ground of that. She borderlines wanting to do what she wants for her own good and then being crazy. Like, it's very, very, very thin line she walks. Yeah, and you do make a good point, you know, because for some reason, there it a lot of people that um, make just whether it be a TV show or movie or whatever that involves a hero and villain they always seem to want to try and hide the villain. Like, I feel like ever since, like, M. Night Shyamalan, you know, and all these other guys came out with these big twists on who villains are and who the bad guys and everything, everyone's been trying to do that. Some of the best villains in history are just pieces of shit from beginning to end. Not everyone has to start out good. Not everyone has to have some good reason behind it. So, you know, I still kind of am hoping to see that eventually in the MCU, you know, and hopefully we get that with someone like Doctor Doom. You know, or something like that. Um, but yeah, I, pretty pretty excited to hopefully see that eventually. Yeah, and I think we will. And it's like classic wrestling one hundred and one. Like some of the, even though you may not like them as a wrestling heel, if you don't like them and they're supposed to be a bad guy, then they're kind of doing their job right to a certain degree. Depends on the fan. Vicky Guerrero. Yeah, yeah, and that's the podcast for another time, <laughs> which is currently on a hiatus, and I won't plug it right now. Um. I would say uh, real quickly before we go, Joe, uh, I know you've seen uh, – did you see Eternals or, or no? I did. I don't remember shit from it, okay. but I did. Okay, real <laughs> quick, real quickly, um, I'll ask you this question, and then I'll plug some polls we did on Twitter. Um, if you had to rank the, fa- uh, the Phase 4 shows and movies – so first I want you- – oh, wait, you haven't seen the show, so never mind. The movies, the Phase 4 movies. Um, well, I've seen the shows with the exception of um, Moon Knight. Well, that's the thing. Um I guess you could rank them without Moon Knight for for you. Uh, real quickly, do you? What would you rank the shows from from like worst to best? So, could could you define that? That's basically just anything after Endgame, right? Or at least anything after Far From all, Home. All the Marvel shows we've had. That's everything that's there. So you know, Wandavision, Loki, Falcon Winter Soldier, Hawkeye. You know what? Go ahead and do your list while I fuck up a list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for me, sorry, yeah, I probably I should have told you about this. This is very on the spot right now. Uh, <laughs> for me, it's uh, Loki number one. Moon Knight and WandaVision are kind of tied. I, it honestly depends on my mood because I, I love them both. Um, Moon Knight, I guess, slash WandaVision. Then, then what if? Falcon Winter Soldier, uh, uh, Hawkeye, then Falcon Winter Soldier. And this goes off by saying I thought all of them were very good in their own way. Yeah, I mean, there were a couple that I just didn't care of. I've always thought this, that um, Marvel still hasn't really made a bad movie because the worst thing you can do for me is bore me, and none of the Marvel movies have bored me so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think, if do I want What If at the bottom or do I want Eternals at the bottom? Well, I'm just I'd, I'm just saying, like, for shows, would What If be the bottom of the barrel for you for shows? Shows, absolutely. I'm sorry. Were you including shows and movies? Or no, you just I I was separate. Show? I was separating them. 
Ah, oh, you bastard. Okay, so <laughs> then yeah, what if that, that that's pretty easy then. So what if definitely on the bottom, Falcon Winter Soldier above. So there is a pretty big gap between what if and the Falcon Winter Soldier, and then the gap kind of shrinks. Be, you know everything else because I think Falcon Winter Soldier was pretty good. I actually enjoyed it. It was just you know a little forgetful, but you know it, I think it, it because... was what it was. I think because of the villains, for me, it was just very lackluster with the villains. I think yeah. Sam, Sam Wilson's journey as kept getting to Captain America was awesome, especially that fight scene with him and Bucky against John Walker. But other than that, like the like the finale kind of fell a little flat for me, a little. But Sam Wilson as Captain America is awesome. Continue. Yeah. And before I continue with my list, really quick, um, Marvel's been doing a really good job with their villains so far, I think. Because <laughs> I remember the first couple of phases where all these villains were just kind of imi- – you know, mirrors of themselves, and they were kind of forgetful. And really, the only villains we had, good villains we had, it was like Loki, basically. But yeah. most of the movies, I mean, man, they, they're actually memorable, good villains. Like, you know, maybe since Civil War, maybe before then a little bit, but pretty much after that onwards, damn, they've been doing a good job. Yeah, but yeah, anyway, just kinda, yeah, I figured I'd give them props for that. So, um, so yeah, what if bottom Falcon Winter Soldier? Um, oh, man, it's weird because when WandaVision came out there were parts of one division that really made me love this show so that like i like parts of one division more than i like loki but as a whole series i think i have to put loki just barely above one division and then mm. my favorite after that again i haven't watched moon knight so that's excluding that but my favorite show is hawkeye i think that was the bet the best beginning to end show and i i've always liked hawkeye i, I kind of wish that he had did more i mean in age of ultron the best scene was when they were in his house with his family just kind of chilling there you know so I, I i don't know i just i like the um relationship between him and kate bishop i think that's by far the best show for me and you didn't even mention your wife oh my god i always forget Yelena Dude, Belova. Okay, so when i saw black widow and when i first laid eyes upon Yelena, i knew she was mine Okay. <laughs> and then this asshole here decided to say, you know what? I'm not going to tell him that she's in Hawkeye. This asshole meaning me, I guess. Oh, yeah, that would absolutely be you. Um, <laughs> and so I, I watch it, and then, like, season four, episode four, whatever comes around, and I'm just like, oh, she looks like, oh, it's, it's, it's her. Yeah, like, I, you I, messaged I, me, right? You didn't tell me my wife was in this movie. And I'm like, why would I and, tell you that? Like, you're surprised now. It makes it better when you saw her. And even Kate Bishop was like, oh, stop being so likable. I'm like, shut up. I'm simping. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that dynamic, too. Like, the monologue they had in her apartment. It's like, it's like I can't help it, you know? It's a, but, um... Uh, real quickly, let's try and get through this uh, this last portion because this very was off the cuff. Uh, we're ten minutes over the hour currently, Watch but <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I think that's a pretty good ranking there. I, I it's very solid with Hawkeye. I, I felt Hawkeye was a much stronger show than Falcon Winter Soldier uh, from from start to end. Um, as far as the movies go, for me, just in order for me right now, and that just fucking my phone just fucking plopped on my desk. Uh, with the movies for me, with Phase Four. Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home is number one. Doctor Strange and Shang-Chi are kind of neck and neck because there is a bit of a recency bias for Doctor Strange. Uh, Black Widow and Eternals. Yeah. I think I have to agree. Um, I, I, what did you have, two and three? Uh, Doctor Strange and Shang-Chi. 
So Doctor Strange two, Shang Chi three. Yeah, but they could be, either of them could be interchangeable because they're. Cause that's, ex- I, that's exactly what I'm thinking. Because man, I, I really like Shang Chi. I really liked it a lot. <laughs> I didn't think I would, but man, Marvel keeps fucking pulling me in. I know. But uh, yeah, I'm probably just gonna have to go along with your list. All I know is that Eternals is a clear bottom for me. I yeah, just, it is, and I, I didn't think... bore me, but I just nothing was memorable. I don't know any of the characters. I don't care to know. <laughs> to me, it's like it's more memorable than Captain Marvel, and but that's not saying much. Yeah, but I'll say this though: it's funny because I, I do um, follow some people that review these Marvel movies and things, and it seems like recently every single review starts off with, "Man, I've been really getting tired of these Marvel movies." But goddamn, they keep bringing me back in. <laughs> they keep doing it over and over again. So we'll see would, how long they can keep this streak going. I also think it's very strange, and I, I know I keep saying we gotta wrap things up, but this it's is strange. This was the other thing that I really wanted to bring up during the review was um, how low like the Rotten Tomatoes score is for this movie. Um, I'll pull it up really quickly, just as we're closing things out here. Critics or the uh, audience? The critics, like, uh, how's that surprise you? Come on now. No, but my thing, like, the thing is, like, I never really go with the critic score. Like, I'm gonna like currently the audience score is 87, which is pretty good for a Marvel movie. Uh, but the uh, the audience score is uh, sorry, audience score is 87. The critic score is 77. And I'm like, whoa, that's really, really weird. And I'll go, and I'm here right now with the uh, Tomato Meter, just the movies. Yeah, like ranking it according to Rotten Tomatoes, like they think that Avengers: Age of Ultron and Thor are the first Thor movie are better than Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I'm like, that's bullshit. But yeah, I'm starting to think these aren't the same uh, reviewers. <laughs> do, but <laughs> do you re- do you also? I mean, do you also realize that fucking they don't allow audience member audience people to review on Rotten Tomatoes anymore? Really? Yeah. The, how, apparently, they, how do they get the audience score? I guess they just see. I mean, well, I guess they can just see how f- audiences are reacting to it. But I don't think audiences are actually allowed to actually write a review. I don't know. My my, I was okay. for Mother's Day. My uncle was telling me that recently. We we're talking about. I was talking about how I was liking uh, Multiverse of Madness. You know, like, and I loved it. I thought it was uh, fantastic. But it's like it's just so weird. You know, I don't know what it is. Yeah. I think because it's probably just taking a lot of new different directions, and it's taken like experimentation of stuff with the horror s stuff. That maybe it's just too much for your typical critic reviewer. Which I will say about Rotten Tomatoes. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Don't ever fucking trust Rotten Tomatoes because they think Star Wars The Last Jedi is a great movie when it's a shit fucking movie. <laughs> I mean, I will say this. 75% is actually a little higher than I thought, but I mean, there, again, there are clear... There, oh, well, whatever it is. Okay. I mean, well, I mean, there are clear problems with the movie, so I can, mm-hmm. I can kind of see where they're coming from, but I mean, let's be honest. Critics have been out of touch with fans for the longest time. I oh, mean, God, they'll, yeah. break, they'll give Oscars to like, I don't know, Yippee the transgender fish or something. Like, I don't know. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> they, give, they give these awards to movies that no one's ever heard of. So, honestly, who gives a shit anyway? Just no. look at the audience for it. If you like it, you like it, and that is okay. And now I'm going to wrap a bow on this podcast and close things off. Joe, uh, thank you so much, buddy, for coming on. I uh, really appreciate it, giving Vinny a bit of a time off here and helping make this whole hour 15 minutes-ish uh, podcast fly by for me. Uh, you have been able to break the hour mark like you usually are able to do 
<laughs> when we first did my wrestling podcast together, we did two fucking hours, and that was way too long. Oh, I think it was like two and a half, wasn't it? So, it was it, something crazy. Something close. I'm just like, oh, fuck. And I was very like, I had to take the helms of the wrestling podcast myself. That's because my, my co-host and good buddy, Sean, um, he couldn't do it with me as much as he would like to anymore. And I'm like, fuck, I really don't know how to edit. So this is just going to stay the way it is. You have two Italians from Jersey fucking talking to each other. Obviously, it's going to be a lot of talking. It's going to be a lot of talking. And when you're on the podcast, it's very much just a flowing conversation. And you're always welcome to come back. And uh, thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Did you eat pizza again? Oh, no. I was giving you. I was blowing you kisses. Oh, it sounded like you just swallowed the microphone. <laughs> I wish I was eating kisses. Or eating kisses. Anyway, thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Fan Speculation. Uh, you can follow us here on Twitter at Fan Speculation. You can follow us on Instagram at Fan Speculation underscore pod. Uh, Please go uh, on our social media pages and wish Vinny a very happy birthday. Uh, the guy works hard, and we I love the guy for it. Uh, you can uh, leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app, whether it be Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever the other podcast apps, Google Play and Stitcher. If you can leave a five-star review, please do, because I, don't, I know not all of them do. Write us a review. Uh, it helps boost the numbers. Um, you know, you guys, we really want to hear the interactions with you guys. You know, 62% of you on our poll on Twitter thought that Moon Knight uh, was a better show than Loki, whereas 38% of you thought Loki was better. Personally, I think it's the other way around, but either one is a good option. And with a resounding 88% to 12%, which had the worst after credit scene, Multiverse of Madness is second, or Hawkeyes, I love you all, 88% said Multiverse of Madness is second after credit scene was horrible. This is why we love you. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Fan Speculation. So for CJ Palmasano and my good buddy, oh, we stands. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. The Kang Gang Bang. <laughs>